Welcome to The Author Show, where we feature new authors and books, from fiction to self-help and everything in between. You'll find it all at theauthorshow.com. That's theauthorshow.com. And now let the show begin. Hi, this is Linda Thompson, your host for The Author Show. Told with sympathy and humor, the five Irish stories in Thomas Rice's Rites of Passage are of homeland lost and recovered, of fierce loyalties, of dashed and regained hope, and much, much more. Dr. Rice is a man of many talents, and he writes about the challenges in Ireland, the country of his birth. Dr. Rice joins us today to share more about the Rites of Passage, five Irish stories. Dr. Rice, welcome to the author's show. Well, thank you, Linda. I appreciate an opportunity to talk about this. Thomas, please give us a quick overview of the Rites of Passage, Five Irish Stories. Sure. Well, you see, we're talking about five different stories, and we have two novellas and bookends of it, and then we sandwich three short stories in between. So there are cross-cutting themes in the five stories once you finish the lot. And I would say a dominant one throughout is the principle of a single mom trying to make a living in very rough circumstances. And in soil, without an income, without support, and maintaining dignity and some sense of hope throughout. There's a theme of boys trying to become men, fatherless boys in many cases, all the betrayals and humiliation that go with that. And there's a major theme of dogs, of the incredible ability of dogs to sense that which human beings have no idea of, see the invisible, feel feelings that their owners only vaguely sense, and communicate that in very mysterious ways. There's a theme of the lethal forces of boys in conflict with their dads, and sometimes those fester into points of no return, is the way I see it. Finally, I would say there's a major theme of highly educated men finding themselves thrust into rural environments becoming bored and turning to deviance and debauchery in many cases out of sheer contempt for their constituencies or for themselves. Why did you choose to put five stories in one book rather than turning one story into a full-blown novel? Well, Linda, I'm responding mostly to what my audiences are telling me these days when I go to book readings or I go to book fairs. The short is the new normal. People do not want to face a 300-page novel because they're trying to get bite-sized consumption going on. <laughs> As in, you want to sit in bed and you want to read a short story, you want to sleep in some cases, some cases you want to keep you up all night. But one way or the other, you want to get it done in an hour or so, in one sitting. That's a big part of it. The other is I naturally end up with the novella. I'm in love with the novella as a form. I have been for a long time, where you get to write a very good short story, but it's not a 10-pager. It's more like a 50-page piece, and you get to cover a lot of ground in a very short period of time. And it's the intensity of that that I'm drawn to. You've been writing novellas, short stories, and books for some time. How would you describe your writing style? I'd say in a word, informal. And an expansion of that would be, well, informal in the sense that I want the reader to be both entertained and educated when I write. So the intention here is to draw the reader in, to have them glued to their chair, sometimes turning the pages 
whether they like it or not, and sometimes staying up all night. But it's engaging, and I want them to be friends with the characters long after I've left the party. While you were writing your book, were you thinking of any particular type of reader? Ideally, my readers would have an interest in Irish culture or Irish history, some empathy for the underdog, which I write a lot about, and belief in redemption and second chances. But it's generally any adult who enjoys a well-written story, good drama, and unforgettable characters should be attracted to my writing. As I said in my intro, you're a man of many talents. You hold a Ph.D. in sociology, have been a research associate at Harvard, a licensed carpenter, bartender, and founder of an institute for social justice. How on earth did you settle down long enough to start writing? Well, it was at the end of a few careers that I managed to do that. I left the big posts I had in 2005 and decided that I was going to turn to what really was the first love for me, which was always about writing. And then I was able to concentrate on it in significant fashion from then on. And I have been at it pretty much full time since 2007. You were born in rural Ireland, but migrated to the U.S. as a teen. Does your personal history come to play in the stories you write? Always. I don't think you can write anything you haven't experienced to some degree. You don't have to experience the whole thing, but you really do need to experience a strong kernel of truth, an essence that you write out of and that inspires you as you write. So, yes, I would say there's always a solid grain of experience in all of my writing. Thomas, is there one recurring message in the five Irish stories? And if so, what is it? I think it's the enormous mystery of human beings. John Houston said it best in Chinatown when he said, human beings are capable of anything when he was talking to Jack Nicholson. And I believe that. And depending on the circumstance they find themselves in, they will come up on that continuum as either evil or magnificent or somewhere in between. And I want to write with sympathy for that reality of the human being. And at the end of the day, the message of we're as good as our better angels in any given day. Are the characters in your book straight from your imagination or do they take on traits of people you know? I think the story character is always informed by real characters I've experienced. Maybe not all of it, but a significant essence to all of my characters I've known and mostly (laughs) expanded on what those characters might want to be rather than what they really were. (laughs) (laughs) Like all of us, right? We want to be heroic. We want to be decent. We want to be bored, but heavens forbid, we're capable of doing that all the time. (laughs) (laughs) I love the Rites of Passage book cover. Who created your beautiful book cover? Well, this young German woman who has a wonderful graphic hand, and her name is Anna Gregoriu, G-R-I-G-O-R-I-U. She's online, and she, uh, she does this for a living. Have you traveled back to Ireland after you've written your book, and have you talked about it over there, and what was the reception? Oh, I'm back and forth to Ireland all the time. I have an ongoing connection with the National University and lots of friends around the country, so... I love going back, and they really enjoy being written about because a lot of the places I write about are real for them, the mountains, the landscapes, and they like to have people thinking that they're familiar with Ireland through my eyes. 
they like it and they give positive strokes about it. I get a lot of free drinks when I go home. (laughs) (laughs) Well, if you could compare Rites of Passage with any other book, what would that other book be? Well, there's no one book that I would pick. There are a few that are pretty well known to the Irish audiences, the Irish diaspora. Claire Keegan's Walk the Blue Fields, for example, is one that comes to mind. Another one, John McGarn, who has collected about every prize in writing, his collected stories would be another one that I would compare them to. With some sense of grandiosity, by the way, these are unbelievably great writers, but I aspire to be like them. Are you currently working on another book? And if so, can you give us a bit of a teaser? I am, actually. I'm working on a novel this time. It's getting longer than I want it to be. And the outline is called Finding Nora. It's based on the reality of a baby being found on the side of a road when I was growing up. Baby abandoned in a little crib and with a five-pound note pinned to her lapel. And that woman came back to the village as a grown person, a very successful politician now. And she came back inquiring about her family, and I decided I was going to fictionalize the gap in that story. It's about it's about a lost baby trying to find who her real mother is. Do you have family members or friends who critiqued your manuscript before you sent it off for publication? I have an editor who is a faculty at the Iowa Writers Workshop. His name is Wayne Johnson. He's a very well-known author in his own right. And he's befriended me and has been a mentor of mine for the last 10 years. So I send nothing out. I don't run by Wayne. And we work line by line. Yes. Will you share with us some of the feedback you've received from readers of Rites of Passage? Yeah, I, I think most people tell me that they feel like they're in the story. They feel like they're in the pubs. They feel like they're in the schoolhouses. They feel like they've suffered some of the slings and arrows of the characters. And they talk to me about the strong characters that they identify with as though they know them. So that's the best feedback I can ever get is to have people feel that the characters have become friends and or enemies, the case might be. I have a few classic villains in there, too. For example, Des McKenzie in the title story, Rites of Passage. Des McKenzie is a classic villain. He's the abuser. Those kinds of people, like the main character, the protagonist in Rites of Passage, is a guy named Billy Donovan. And he's become a real person for a lot of people. They write me letters they need sent to Billy Donovan. So <laughs> that's a carried away. Some people get that they, they mistake the fictional for a real person, which is great when I see that. I really think I've hit the pay dirt. So where can we learn more about you, about your other books, and most of all, where can we purchase Rites of Passage, Five Irish Stories? Well, Rites of Passage and my other books are all available on the main online bookstores, okay? So that's as easy as dialing any of those up. I have a website, Barrow River Press, that promotes my work. And so my books are available on there, too, and an outline and excerpts from each of them. So barrowriverpress.org is the home base there. If somebody wants to read a bit more about me, they can find it on there, too. Thomas, I've really enjoyed talking with you today and learning more about Rites of Passage. Thank you for taking time to chat with us. I have a feeling that a lot of our international audience is going to be very interested in your stories as well as I am. When you release your next book, will you think about coming back and talking with us again? I would love to, Linda. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure speaking with you, and thanks for the opportunity to discuss all this stuff.
As Dr. Rice says in his synopsis, although the themes in rites of passage often have to do with irretrievable wrongdoing, the redemptive undercarriage is a celebration of characters' poignant struggles towards fairness and human dignity. This leads me to believe that rites of passage will be a very satisfying read. I hope you feel the same way, and I thank you for listening today. Please visit theauthorshow.com to listen to other featured authors. These interviews are available to book buyers worldwide on demand every day, 24-7. If you have written a book and would like to be a guest on the show, visit theauthorshow.com, complete the interview request form, and we will contact you shortly thereafter. The Author Show is a great way to market your book by getting in front of your target audience with a high-quality interview that will make a real impact. Join us again for another great book and another exciting author on The Author Show. Thanks for listening to The Author Show. Find out more about authors and their work at theauthorsshow.com. Theauthorsshow.com. Tune in next time to another great author on The Author Show.